You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to day two of the NFL Draft. I'm your host, Little Wit. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. I also have our a guest, Mason West, on the show, and it is pick number 39, which obviously I think you know is a little earlier than we expected, but the Bears have traded up from pick 52, presumably, up to pick number 39. Right now, the Patriots pick is in, so we have some time here to kind of speculate who this pick is going to be so nick i want to go over to you here real quick you already know they got him, you guys they got him they got him <laughs> saw, yes. tevin jenkins we're going with tevin yeah. jenkins dude yeah. our mock draft oh. yes that mock draft is looking really good right now so we have to go post that or repost it but yep brad banks <laughs> bears are selecting tevin Je- oh what a draft justin dude. fields and tevin jenkins you guys that is that's something that is oh something my gosh okay so mason you're a good luck charm because that mock draft we did a few weeks ago, trading up for Justin Fields, trading back up for Tevin Jenkins. I thought that was a crapshoot. That was a long shot, but here we are. We got the right. We got the tackle of the future. We got the quarterback of the future. Mason, I actually want to go to you first. How are you feeling about this? Well, and really, the best part of that is in our mock draft, we had to go to the pretty high in the first round for for Fields, and then the first round getting back in for Tevin Jenkins. So the Bears are actually doing better than we did. True. The fa- this is pretty fantastic. We were, I was super high on Tevin Jenkins. Obviously, Nick was. I mean, he was captain of the Jenkins train. Uh, he, now you get a tackle that can protect Justin Fields, right? I mean, this is exactly where the Bears should be going because they really haven't picked quarterback or tackle high in, of the long, in a long time. So this is great. It really is. Go- I mean, we thought that was, you know, such a long shot. No way it was going to happen. And those were our top two players that we just wanted to get. And we have, I don't even know, like, is this real life? Like, I started to believe what we had last night with Justin Fields getting drafted. And now I'm like, wait a minute. Are we sure we didn't slip into some alternate reality here? Because things are getting a little bit too good for comfort. But no, all serious, Nick, uh, I do want to go over to you. What's your initial just gut reaction other than me saying this is tremendous? But it is. Well, it is, Will. I mean, look, the Bears are looking to every pick that's being made now has to be in consideration what's going to help Justin Fields down the road. Well, getting the tackle, the right tackle of the future and getting an absolute mauler, nasty person at that position is going to help Justin Fields and this Bears team right in 2021, but also down the line. But getting a guy of that caliber who I think a lot of the consensus was is a first round talent. But the Bears, like before we went live here we were saying well the bears are you know at 52 i don't know if they're going to be those guys there well the bears thought hey tevin jenkins is still available let's go get him let's go take the right tackle of the future and help justin fields down the road and look this just adds something that we've all talked about with jenkins that 
that nastiness, that guy that when it comes to the run game and using the number five rusher in David Montgomery, you're going to want a guy like Tevin Jenkins blocking in front of you, just being so athletic and being able to move well in space. Fantastic pick. We don't know what they gave up yet. We'll probably see that in the details later. Mason, go ahead. So Brad Biggs reporting that the they traded the Panthers 52, 83, and 204, so the second, third, and sixth rounders in exchange for Jenkins, essentially, and the number 151 pick, which is the fifth rounder. So unless there's another trade-up, that's kind of it for today, actually. Wow. All right. Early night. Hey, guys. It was awesome. We already talked about Tevin Jenkins enough on previous episodes. So I'll see you tomorrow. Day three. Nick, I'm going to get some sleep. But no, all seriousness. <laughs> wow. All right. So uh, how do you feel about that haul? It f- almost feels like you gave up a little bit more to move up here in the second than you did in the first. I know that's not really the case, but just getting rid of your second and your third this year to move up. Not that it feels like too much, but it does feel like a lot. I didn't expect to lose number 83 here. I mean, yes, it's, I think with this, though, with 83, and you get that fifth rounder back that they that they lost um, just yesterday, it, it, it does seem like a lot initially, but this is a starter. This is an immediate starter at the right tackle position, and, and someone that, you, if you look at it, should have been a day one pick. So, look, you give that up to go get two first rounders and Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins, I think – in the long run, you just filled two huge needs on, you know, just a couple minutes into day two of the draft here. And, you know, we'll see what the Bears will do. Obviously, they still have some of those six rounders. But as of right now, it, it may look like this is it. But it, it, I think in the long run, it'll be all all worth it there, Will. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's not worth it. I, I just was, again, I was like, oh, I didn't expect to have to lose something the very next pick, I thought we were going to have that round three uh, to kind of look forward to here towards the end of this draft. But Ryan Pace continuing to slay this 2021 draft, getting the two guys that we wanted, and I thought there's no way you're going to get both of them. So, Mason, I want to go back to you here real quick. So when we're looking at Tevin Jenkins, what's the one attribute that he brings to the table uh, that you like the most out of everything that it does. I know he's a very high caliber player, but what's maybe the attribute or two that you like the most that you're excited to have in Chicago? You know, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record here because this is something we talked about when we did the mock draft, and it's it's just that little nasty trick he has in there, right? I mean, you see the picture he gets put up there, and you wouldn't think that of him. He doesn't look like he he, he would do too much, but when you see him play, I mean, he buries people. And that's really what you want out of that tackle position. And that was something that the Bears have been missing for a while now. It's just someone that's really going to, you know, especially in that run game, drive forward, get to the second level, create those run, rushing lanes. And also, he's a big dude. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's nice, right? I mean, we've kind of been playing with some of these converted, almost guard to tackle, short arm, um, not really able to set the edge very well. So just the fact that he has the length and the weight, too, to just anchor that edge. It's going to make it significantly easier for, you know, either the Red Rocket for a little bit or Justin Fields to be able to operate in the pocket there. Nick, how about you? One thing above the rest that stands out to Tevin Jenkins that gets you the most excited. You know, obviously we talked about the nastiness, but let's just talk about availability. I think that's been something with the right tackle position that the Bears haven't had that much stability there with Bobby Massey missing some games. Just looking at what he's done in the past couple of years at Oklahoma State, He only missed one game due to injury, and that was back in 2019. 
in, in 2020, he did opt out after seven games, but he's been on the field. And so he's able to provide that nastiness, that consistency in his blocking without missing games due to injury. So you love that. You you want to be able to have these guys on the field to actually provide for the offensive line and do you know what you're thinking they can do. They just got to be available. And that's what Tevin Jenkins has proven in his career there at Oklahoma State. So that's another aspect that I really like about this pick. There's not an injury history with it. Again, plug and play, start at the right tackle position, upgrade automatically, and a guy that just hasn't been injured. So that's another attribute that I really do like about him. I'm going to go back to our previous mock draft. I want to highlight something about Tevin Jenkins that I still think goes underrated because, Mason, you're right, big dude with a nasty attitude. Nick, you're also right. He's someone that is healthy, he's durable, and he's proven to be someone you can count on. But something that I still believe gets overlooked is that football IQ. I know it was something that coaches talked about a lot, uh, his ability to have that those football smarts, being a highly intelligent player. And also, I don't know if you guys saw what, uh, I think you probably saw what I did about Justin Fields today and how he was doing some of his assessments, the highest score. I forget on the exact test that it was. I should have jotted that down here in my notepad. But the Bears got themselves, A, two dudes on the field, but also two guys that have big football brains here with these first two picks. And I just love the theme that we got going on here. So for me, I just want to make sure we highlight, you know, Tevin Jenkins for as athletic and as big and as strong as he is. He's also someone that is considered as a highly intelligent player who can understand combo blocks, can understand different defenders and how they're going to attack them. We throw off of stunts or different blitz packages. And I think that's something uh, that should be noted as well. Nick, I want to go back to you because you keep saying right tackle, right tackle, right tackle. Are you, confident in that right now as you sit here today because I know he could also potentially start maybe at guard and then move to tackle eventually I'm looking at you know the five that the Bears have and I would just hope that the Bears play their best five and I wonder if that would mean moving Jenkins over to a guard and I'm not saying that's what I want to happen I'm just trying to work out some possibilities here in my head but if you had to bet today I'm assuming you would say he's going to be the starting right tackle come week one yeah, just looking at to the position, um, how they kind of divided it up, where he actually has played at Oklahoma State, 26 games at right tackle, seven games at left tackle, and then two games at right guard. So looking at how the majority falls for him and where he's lined up primarily, it is that right tackle position. And I think, again, this that's probably where he's more, most comfortable. And that's where Bears can use somebody that, is not a Jermaine Fetty or Elijah Wilkinson at this point in time. Guys that were, you know, fringe starters. You're, you're maybe okay with them playing. Yes, they're not They're not the very worst guys that you would have there, but they're not really elevating the position. Tevin Jenkins is. So when I'm looking at the offensive line, how with the guys they have in place, Charles Leno Jr. is making his money. He's going to stay at the left tackle position. I think they have the interior set. You look at that center, We maybe they'll look to address that at some point, but – yeah, right tackle for me is where Tevin Jenkins should be pegged and be the starter come week one of the season. Interesting. I was just thinking if you're trying to figure out your best five, is having a Sam Mustafer really the best five you can put out there? And maybe that's something we can discuss a little bit deeper later on in the show. Uh, Mason, uh, going to you, how does it feel getting someone that you would have been comfortable selecting here at pick number 20 uh, I would say early on here on day two. I know for me, I'm pretty joyous uh, as it stands here at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I think the value there is pretty great. Uh, at the end of the day, 
yes, the pace could sit on his hands and wait and see who falls to certain areas, trade back, try to get more picks. But he's opting for the quality over quantity approach right now, which I'm, I'm all for. You know, yes, the Bears have holes to fill, but I'd rather get two really solid players that you like are really happy about versus like oh, being relatively just content. Right. So um, at the end of the day, getting someone getting two players of like in their first round picks really in mock drafts all over a lot of the analysts think so you're you're on the right track there and the bears are not as bad off as people like to think they are in all reality at least in my opinion um you know the defense is still pretty solid and then the o-line was a was something that we were concerned with or at least i was concerned with so having that shored up a little bit and creating competition like actual competition and if anything there might be a couple of extra bodies there, right? I, I don't know how that's going to all pan out. James Daniels is going to come not back. Not a bad problem to have either, though. Right. We were happy with Sam Mustard. I was happy with Sam Mustard at the end of the year. Do you really want white hair sliding around? So you're going to have a lot of quality bodies here, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Now, real quick, Nick, I'm going to go to you here in just a moment. I want to get your thoughts on just what Ryan Pace is doing, because usually by now he's going to make you scratch your head with one of his picks. It doesn't take long for Ryan Pace. But that's not the case. So think about that for just a minute. And while you do, I want to remind people that this episode is brought to you by Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. As you know, nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing that you're also doing something good for your body. They start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then they blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for that perfect blend. And the result is a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate that removes your cravings, facilitates your weight loss, boosts your energy, and reduces your inflammation with one simple drink. And as you know, I've had this product now for just about a week, and I've been able to make chocolate pudding, chocolate pancakes. I haven't made a drink yet, although if we have some time here, now in the third round, the rest of tonight, maybe I need to make myself some chocolate milk with this. I'll check out some recipes. I'll let you know how that goes with our next draft reaction episode. But if you want to get your hands on this product, which I encourage you to do, head over to earthechofoods.com slash minute media and use the code minute 15, M-I-N-U-T-E-1-5, which gives you up to 15% off your order. All right, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. Tevin Jenkins is a Chicago Bear. Oh, yeah, Justin Fields is too. And we're going to break down all the action here right now. And, Nick, uh, as I promised before the little break, I want to gauge just your thoughts on Ryan Pace. I know he started to get back in a lot of the Bears fans' uh, good graces last night. Pretty easy to do when you draft Justin Fields. I feel like this pick is just going to take that to the next level. I already know I feel probably the most confident I've been in him since 2018 so it's been a few years I would say and it's uh it's almost worth saying maybe this is the most confident I feel in the direction of how he's drafting for this team but just what are your thoughts on Ryan Pace and the job he's doing so far with the first two picks well I think what we're seeing from Ryan Pace and maybe out of years past is that he's taken players that are established you know what Justin Fields was at Ohio State being and there's still plenty of upside with, with Justin Fields, but you knew that he was a a great passer, a dual-threat quarterback, can do so many great things. Tevin Jenkins, you know he's a great run blocker. He can be that right tackle of the future. So there's no discrepancies or kind of question marks about what these two players are because you know that they are needs 
and they can fill those needs immediately if they have to, but they automatically address some of the holes that are on this Bears roster. So that's I'm, I'm trying to like look if there is a pattern here. You're looking at last year's picks. You get Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson as the first two that they have. Cole Komet had the one good season at Notre Dame, but was considered the best best tight end in the draft. Jalen Johnson had established himself as you know a pretty good corner there at, at Utah. But I think what you're just seeing right now is that Ryan Pace isn't playing any games. He's showing that conviction. He's showing that if he likes, he's going to go get him. He's getting established players. There's no, like, this is not a, a small school pick or an Adam Shaheen kind of thing. Like, look at the upside that can happen. Or even like a Leonard Floyd where there's so much, you're, you're counting on the athletic ability. That's not the case with these two guys. You know what they are, but, and obviously they can keep on growing from here. But I think that's what we're seeing from Ryan Pace. And maybe that's the direction of this draft now. Just take guys that you know have done it in college that filled needs on your roster, and how does this help Justin Fields moving forward? So that's what I'm kind of thinking as of right now, just on the fly about what these two picks mean. But, hey, these are picks that obviously we liked. We mocked them in that one draft, and damn, that mock draft is looking good right now, you guys. We Where's the money at? I, I mean, we, <laughs> we had this right. mocked. Jeez. We, I think we should get some sort of finder's fee for this strategy because uh, we did put it out there first a couple weeks ago. Mason, uh, something that was dawned on me as Nick was talking is I'm elated that this is the most, the highest investment Ryan Pace has put in this position at tackle. I don't care if you're saying left or right tackle. Uh, you look at Charles Leno Jr., he was someone that was a seventh-round pick, got extended. Then you have a couple smaller contracts on a Bobby Massey. I know last year you brought in Jermaine Effetti to play guard, but he also can swing out the tackle. And then we just had a lot of just backup swing tackles, late-round draft picks, things of that nature. What do you think this pick signals to you as to this is the moment that Ryan Pace says, you know what, I need to put some high investment at this very important position, more so than I have ever in my entire tenure as Bears GM? I think it's a lot of growth. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're talking about as a GM or a coach or anything like that. You know, they've never they never did that job before, right? I mean, you might have been second in command or third in command, learning the ropes, but until you're sitting in that seat, you don't really know what it's like to be doing that. And you always think, well, this is what I would do if I were in that position. And then you finally get the chance to do that. And yeah, you sometimes you treat it like it's Madden or something, where now you're going a little aggressive, you're going for fancy traits, and you eventually learn, no, that's not how this is done. And so that's one of the best things I think with that pace has been able to show now is, okay, this is how I did it initially, but now I'm transitioning to do it this way. Right. And we already saw that he's able to do great stuff in the middle round. So now, you know, let's reel it back a little bit. Let's like Nick is saying, let's get to established people, established starters, not fall in love with just some of the stats and the measurables, the people who are leaders on the field, the people who have been doing this for a little bit. And, and so those cornerstone positions too, right. We're not falling in love with the, the, huge receiver you need to tackle <laughs> you need to develop yeah. the offensive line you need to invest in those positions because those are the ones that are really going to carry you and some of these other ones you can plug and play right you can plug you find some of these other these other positions that maybe would have initially been a first or second pick you know what we can find that later or i mean lucky enough we do have some of those now right we have some we have the roquan smith we have the jalen johnson we can start to shift over to some of those other important positions Nick, you're, I know you're giving me a finger wag. I don't know if you're just really into what Mason was saying and you're agreeing, or did you have an additional point you wanted to bring up? 
No, I was just or I was agreeing with Mason with the growth that you've seen from Ryan Pace because I kind of wrote about that in my column yesterday about what the Justin Fields pick meant. He didn't go with somebody with a what one year starting career at North Carolina with 13 starts. He went with Justin Fields, who has had two seasons as a starting quarterback at Ohio State. But you see this growth that he has made, I think, as an evaluator as well, not taking because look, when the Bears selected Trubisky. Yes, maybe there was some people that said, oh, this is the right move, but there were still question marks around it. The consensus about Justin Fields, most anybody you're going to ask, like, that's the right move. The Bears made the right move. Whether or not you agree with how much they gave up, that's not the question. It's that was the right move. This, again, you, you're asking how much they gave up, but that's I think this is still the right move. And that's where you see this growth in Ryan Pace. And, and you know, I, I know we've been here in the past – like, how long does it take for you to finally get good at your job? Like most other places, you, you're fired by then. This is year six now, but it looks like he does have a, I don't know if it's a grasp of how things kind of work and where he can get, you know, aggressive in, in terms of that. But I think now we're, we're seeing Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, when that collaboration together and getting the guys that are best suited for this this offense, which definitely needed more the more the help in this draft and the bears are filling those needs so far they're doing a pretty good job of filling those needs now that's without question tevin jenkins i'm excited there's so much to be excited about and i don't even know if there's anything I, we can be all right what are the negatives well he's not the best athlete at the position in this draft and he still has to probably you know get better with some speed off of the edge and some small things like that but you're gonna find things to say about any prospect if you want to look at it i feel like and Mason, Nick, you can tell me if I'm wrong. In a podcast like this, in the draft house going, I don't even know if we need to go completely under the microscope here with Tevin Jenkins or anything of that nature. I feel like, you know, keep this positivity train rolling. Let's look at ways that he's going to benefit this team. Maybe if there's a, you know, an item that you want him to polish up more than others, that's cool for me. But I don't, I'm just feeling very very excited and elated uh this is where we're at right now here in the draft and i'm even okay nick i I told you i took a power nap before we even went live here because i didn't get a lot of sleep last night full day of work and i feel like we can relax for the rest of the night keep the draft on just in case something happens but by and large we get to relax put our feet up and we know we had a job well done that's that's a big victory i can't recall ever feeling that way with the bears draft in my entire lifetime let alone the 550 plus episodes that you and i've been doing over here where do you guys want to take this conversation? I feel like there's a few different paths that we can go for. I've been trying to pull up some additional info on my side, but uh, do either of you two have a way that you want to kind of steer this thing? Uh, yeah, so just kind of looking at the athletic, just looking up more information on who is Tevin Jenkins, what he's about. And I know I mentioned briefly about this topic earlier when we were just one of the episodes where we talked about Tevin Jenkins. It's an article by Max Olson. And it is about his mother that he did lose. Just want to read this section, and you should definitely check it out. Um, the article is titled, New Chicago Bears Tackle Tevin Jenkins is Smart, Strong, and Only Just Unlocking His Nastiness. Oh, okay. Well, uh, how'd they know that I was going to have this released today? I don't know. But here's a section that, uh, <laughs> that uh, you should definitely check out. It's like what you may have missed. Jenkins has a pink ribbon tattoo on his right shoulder to honor his late mother, Bridget Cushenberry Razzo, who died in 2006 after battling breast cancer when he was eight years old. And here's the quote. It's there to remind me that what whatever pain I'm going through, it couldn't be half the pain you were going through fighting cancer. Jenkins wrote in this powerful tribute to his mother last fall. And there's a there's a video there as well. But 
yeah, I think you're we're getting somebody that has that nastiness, but also has this, um, you know, this side to him where obviously, he, obviously losing his mother, it's going to be very personal to him and gets reminded of that with the tattoo that he has. So just little things like that, learning more about who Tevin Jenkins, Tevin, Tevin Jenkins is and what makes him tick, I think. And that's probably one of the things that, you know, can just let loose on the football field. So um, that's obviously something that just wanted to share there. But yeah, when was this article released? Because now, okay, it was, hmm, they definitely didn't write this 18 minutes ago, but I think they just updated it and kind of, you know, did some stuff there. But yeah, definitely check it out. New Chicago Bears tackle Tevin Jenkins is smart, strong, and only just unlocking his nastiness. Oh, so they say smart first because I've been saying no one's talking about it. So now they want to start highlighting that, hey, this guy has a brain on top of the bronze that he brings to the table here. Uh, If I look at the PFF draft guide, uh, like I did a little bit with fields and just some percentiles, uh, the one that stands out to me, uh, again, goes for that strength uh, that he brings to the table. His 36 reps on the bench press – put him in the 98th percentile of all offensive linemen. Uh, so just want to make sure you understand like just how strong of a dude he is. Mason, and I didn't, I said I don't want to get too deep into any real concerns here, but we can, and that's something that we do here on the show. Uh, we don't want to always shy away from it. Are you concerned at all about the jump he's going to have to take from the Big 12 up to the NFL? Uh, I know the, the Big 12, it's, it's a decent conference, but it's not a Big 10, it's not an SEC type of you know level of competition uh that he's going up against with those defenses we all know defense doesn't really exist in that division or conference at least from my perspective um but do you have any reservations at all by that or do you think what you know from tevin uh, he'll be able to transition pretty seamlessly i know that uh one of the knocks on him is that he tends to default to his power move uh, which gets him off balance a little bit. So if you start to think about some of those speedier edge rushers, you know, maybe if they have more of an outside linebacker type, um, is that something that's going to be a problem where he goes to get a solid punch and if he whiffs right now, all of a sudden you have an outside linebacker screaming off the edge coming for your, uh, for your quarterback. So that would be pro- probably one of the only main concerns I would have, <clears throat> just looking at can he get polished up and get his feet set right and be a little more ready for – for, uh, for the finesse moves and the speed because the NFL at the end of the day writes a whole new level of speed mm-hmm. um, for, that you might have seen in the SEC compared to the Big 12. Uh, but like you said also, luckily the Big 12 is it's not a, you know, a slouch either. You know, you still got some quality players that are going to be coming from there. Um, so if anything, that would probably be the, the biggest issue there. But that's why I think you also look at him as that right tackle, and that's why he may also got discussed as a guard a little bit uh, just because of that lack of some of the the finesse and speed to his game so you know hopefully that'll get polished up luckily there's also some pretty solid defenders on the other side of the ball that he'll get to practice with in training camp uh and and that's the thing too he doesn't have to start day one would it be nice if he started day one sure but that's why you have the Jermaine Defetti's of the world and things like that where this whole year is going to be about patience and that's at so far both positions that we that have been drafted so far so if he's not ready to go week one, he does not have to get thrown out there week one. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a very valuable player down the road. Precisely. And I love that you brought the patience back to the table because uh, I was talking about that last night where I think everyone needs a little bit more of that. And as we talked about earlier in the show, just even thinking about all the offensive linemen, it's real interesting to see how this is going to get divvied up and how the Bears will believe they can get their best starting five out there because as much as I liked Whitehair sliding out to guard, I feel like 
if we're trying to find the best starting five, I don't know if that is Sam Mustafer. So just finding the right rotation. What Maybe it's a Fetty goes back to guard, and then you have Jenkins on the outside, and then you have Daniels opposite of white hair, and then you have Leno on the opposite. That may be a decent starting offensive line week one. I don't think I would mind that one bit. So the fact that we have flexibility and we have some different options available to us, and the Bears do have, I say, some versatility in how they can deploy a lot of these players, that's cool. And that's something we haven't really had, especially on the offensive line, for quite some time. Nick, I haven't checked in on you in a while. How you doing? I'm just, just doing some reading more on, on, on the Bears' new right tackle there. You know, the last two seasons, you guys played a combined 1,255 snaps, surrendered. Does that say zero sacks? No, oh, that's a good number to give up in, <laughs> you know, two years of football. 11 pressures and just two hits on his quarterback. I blame the quarterback for not getting the ball or, or you know, releasing it sooner rather than later. But no, uh, you know, Tevin Jenkins and, you know, Mason mentioned some of the things that he struggles with. You also see uh, in, in Tevin Jenkins' film, he likes to lean a little bit and he likes to put his weight on on guys and if you're doing that against some of those those edge rushers that like to use that speed use that finesse use those counter moves then you're going to get exposed and you're going to have that zero sack number go a little bit higher in the nfl so that's something that does need to get worked on but yeah i thought mason brought up a really good point about the patience here that these two picks yes they don't necessarily need to start but man when they do, that's going to be where, where things get exciting to watch this Matt Nagy offense and see how it can really be executed with the proper players now in place. So I, I guess where we can maybe take this conversation next, Will, like now the Bears, they have traded up twice with mm-hmm. their first two picks. And this was a team that still has plenty of holes on throughout the roster. Is there a point where, hey, like there are other there are other pick there are other positions on the team that need to get addressed. Now you don't necessarily have all the picks or the the high enough picks to kind of address those players with guys that can fill those needs right away. Is that a concern? Should or how, I mean, how are you feeling about where the Bears are in terms of picks to address some of the rest of the needs they have on this team? This is a really good question because I've been wrestling with this as we've been talking. Because on one hand. I'm glad they recouped a fifth, right? Because we lost it yesterday in our trade-up for Justin Fields. So now we have a fifth round back. But now we don't draft until the fifth round, as we're sitting right now. So there's going to be a lot of time between now and when the Bears are back on the clock. And I know we own the sixth round practically uh, with those four picks that they have in it right now. It's not enough to fill all the holes this year, uh, how it currently sits. But if we go back to Mason's point, we're playing patience. And maybe it's not all about 2021 right now. Or now we're looking into the future future. You can take a few chances there in the fifth and sixth round, see what happens, see who sticks. And at the end of the day, still a pretty small price to pay to get yourself practically two first-round picks. Two guys we would have been, you know, a guy that could have went top three and then another guy that could have been gone before the Bears picked at 20 that we thought, like, there was a time where we thought, no way Tevin Jenkins even falls to pick 20. He'll be gone. So then what are the other options? So if there, we got two guys that technically could have or should have been drafted before the Bears were supposed to be in the clock in the first round, I don't know how you can argue with that, guys. Yeah, well, no. Let's I, talk about I, some of these. So... If we talk about some of the holes specifically, right? Like at least the ones that that are viewed. So you'd say there's a hole at wide receiver. You'd say there's a hole at slot corner, potentially at starting corner, uh, just to name three off the top of my head. 
could you go into next season for every receiver with the, with the receivers you have? Absolutely. Do you, I mean, there, Anthony Miller, is he the answer? No, but is he good enough to be a third receiver and give and fill that slot? Sure. And then same thing in terms of the slot corner. Are we absolutely sold on the two slot corners that are there? Obviously not, but are they good enough to, to fill the void for now? Yes. And that's the thing, again, like we'll say what Nick said, we're just slow. It's not about this year. If it was about this year, it would, we would not have just drafted Justin Fields, right? You would have gotten a bunch of people around Andy Dalton and trying to do that. And on that other point too, that it really goes back to the job security at Alice Hall is probably a bit more than some people really thought. Like they were mm-hmm. said, Hey, you're going to have a probably said you have a couple of years to work on this. And then now we're looking to the following year, the year after that, the year after that, try and bring some free agents in who now maybe see Chicago as more of a destination. Now that you have potentially a franchise quarterback that you're excited to play for. So it's, it's a long haul. We can't be, can't be worried too much about, well, who, why do we have a fourth round pick this year? Nick, how about this? I got one for you. We keep talking about, you know, Tevin Jenkins playing tackle, protecting Justin Fields. And, you know, he has some, he's really good in his past pro. He has some things he needs to work on. Can we just take a minute to flip the perspective and start talking about how he's going to help David Montgomery? Because here's a guy that's going to drive people back into that second level. And once he gets to a linebacker, as I talked about in our mock draft, like once he locks onto a backer or maybe even a DB, like there's no escape, even in the NFL. Like he's a six foot seven, what, 330 pound guy, give or yeah, 320. Like he's a big dude. And if he can lock in on you with those big hands that are strong, like it's game over. And he plays to the whistle, he's a mauler. I think this, as much as we're excited about, hey, we're going to be protecting our new franchise quarterback, let's look at David Montgomery. Look at the run game. Someone that kept getting contacted near or around the line of scrimmage. He has a big tackle to follow if they want to get out to some outside zone running game. And I think that's something that's underrated by this pick and something we should be talking about. No, absolutely. And I think Tevin Jenkins was kind of in a similar situation in terms of in as a junior, so that would have been last season, he helped um, Hubbard, the running back, become the nation's leading rusher of over 2,000 yards. So he's been in a familiar spot to where he has to be able to execute and win those one-on-one blocks. And David Montgomery being the fifth leading rusher in the NFL last season, I would think the Bears want to get more accustomed to being comfortable allowing David Montgomery to maybe take over some of these games. And now that you have capable linemen, you're more prone to do that and more willing to do that. We know Matt Nagy has been a little reluctant at times to commit to that. I think you also got to look at the personnel that he has in, in, in place and running this offense to where you're not maybe super committed to the running game. But now Tevin Jenkins adds this, this extra layer to the equations that maybe now you will be. And I think the Bears should be as it stands right now. That's going to help the offense stay on the field longer and hopefully equate to more points in the end of everything. So, yeah, it's definitely a good point because not just the the quarterbacks are going to benefit from this guy, but it's guys like Dave Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, who will be back next season, having big guys. I'm, can you even see Tariq? You can't see Tariq Cohen with Tevin Jenks is in front of him. Are you kidding me? There, it's, it's He's like another leg or something. Like it wouldn't even be – it would be like a little shadow. So that's going to be fun for – I'm sure for Tariq Cohen to run behind Tevin Jenkins and, you know, just pick up yards that way because – he is a big dude, Will, like you said, and I'm sure like most running backs will benefit from being behind that dude who gets a full head of steam. Uh, I can't imagine a poor an outside zone run and the 
the poor cornerback has to come up and try to make a play. We've seen Tevin Jenkins bury linebackers into opposing sidelines. If a secondary player ever has to make that business decision, I think we know which way he's going to go. <laughs> Pretty much. By the way, I was thinking about Tariq Cohen and the size difference. I want to get the picture of Tevin Jenkins standing next to Tariq Cohen. Like, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get that photo, um, but that'd this be fun to see. And also, talk about playing a little hide-and-seek in the backfield. If you put Cohen behind him, he may just kind of get lost. So that's another sneaky good benefit here if we're just really trying to find anything to point at right now. But uh, I did see a tweet from Kevin Fishbane, uh, a quote from Tevin Jenkins. And so uh, Kevin mentioned that the Bears' offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins, which that sounds great to say, just not as much as Justin Fields' quarterback, but pretty darn close. Uh, the quote is, my edge to me is being able to punish anybody in the dirt. I don't care who you are. I'm going to attack you. Basically, I'm going to impose my will against another man until he gets worn out and tired. And I'm going to do that all game. Love it. Love hearing that, Mason. What, what, how does that make you feel just hearing that come out from your new tackle? That is just so unbelievably exciting. Um, and like we talked about the growth of Ryan Pace, I think that also adds to the growth of Matt Nagy. Right, because you're not going to necessarily draft a tackle that has that kind of mentality. This I'm to bury people if I'm not thinking about committing to the run more. So it goes. I think it just goes hand in hand. That hey, we got this person that's going to just bury <laughs> the, every single person he touches into the dirt, and that's not going to happen constantly on pass sets. Right, that's mainly going to happen in the trenches during on those run plays up the middle to Dave Montgomery, Damian Williams, etc. So. You know, overall, I just think it shows a general mental shift of the Bears, which has been much needed over the last couple of years. All right, Nick, I'm curious if we want to look at the future here and you want to bring out the crystal ball. It's been some time since we referenced that on our show. Looking at Tevin Jenkins' future, what's the floor? What's the ceiling? The floor, I think... With a guy like this, the thing that can maybe hurt him is that he doesn't learn the proper technique to counter some of these more athletic type of edge rushers. So what can the floor be? It's like, you know, we've seen where tackles have not panned out in Chicago because they just, well, for whatever reasons, the college game is too much to transition from college to pro. Again, there's high expectations for them. They just never fulfilled that. But I don't think that's Tevin Jenkins because you know he can be a nasty run blocker. He's got that nastiness to them that some of the other tackles in the past, like a Gabe Creamy or things like that, they just they weren't like this type of player. So the floor, I think, is automatically, I think, just higher in terms of what he's capable of. Um, but then the ceiling, like, guys, this is a guy that, you know, you want to bring that nastiness if you're going to commit to the run – and he's already stayed healthy in college. Like, why can't he be, I don't want to put like crazy expectations out there, but just a very solid, dependable right tackle that could be a you know perennial pro bowler that you can count on. If you're going to have an offense with Justin Fields and an offensive mind with Matt Nagy actually working in place, could it not just pan out and be something that is something moving forward that you can hold your hat on and be like, that's, that's why this offense is doing so well. You have guys like Tevin Jenkins, Justin Field, and everything else kind of working together. So it, the, I'm not going to say like the sky's the limit, but it, I think there is a higher ceiling with Tevin Jenkins, especially with what's being built around him right at this point. 
Yeah, for sure. Another quote here, I see a tweet from Adam Hogue, and he said, Tevin Jenkins and how he views the Bears, and I quote, they are a they are smash mouth type of people. They are very aggressive. They are, I don't have a lot of appropriate words to use on TV right now. <laughs> Which I love You know, that. that's... Yeah, that's very reflect. It's it's reflective of what he said at his uh, after his pro day, and I won't read what he actually said. So here's in that same article after after his impressive pro day performance, Jenkins was asked what type of player he'll be at the next level. Uh, the usually quiet lineman offered quite an answer: a tough, physical, nasty mother. You know what? Lover, a dude yes. that doesn't. Yep, yep. A dude that doesn't shy away from hits. A dude that actually wants to get physical and a dude that's going to bust his ass. So that was his quote after his awesome pro day. And yeah, it just shows that you should, we're, we're seeing bits and pieces of Tevin Jenkins just through his quotes. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's like more so in front of the camera, but also just being able to see him in person, hopefully, you know, in training camp or in games or whatnot. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the Bears right tackle, you guys. That's that's got to be so demoralizing if you're, you know, a, a defensive player. Like, oh god, you know, this guy's he's got something else. He's got that extra gear, that edge to him. But yeah, that's uh, really like that. And you know what's gonna really help him develop, I believe, in practice. Who's he gonna have to line up across from right away? Robert Quinn doesn't do anything. Will come on, <laughs> we know that. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I no. meant, though, for real. Yeah, you got a future Hall of Famer in perhaps Khalil Mack over there coming off that right side of the offensive line. So I think that, too, talk about some iron sharpening iron. I mean, I don't know if Seven Jenkins, as a rookie, can call him straight up iron right now, but he's, you know, he's in the cauldron. I don't know if anyone's really good <laughs> with, like, stone making or swordsman. I don't know the name of it, but, like, you get the stone real hot and then you start belting it into a blade. That's what Khalil Mack can do to Tevin Jenkins, and that's something that gets me excited as well when you're thinking about, I mean, there's no one else. If he can go up against Khalil Mack and practice and learn from that, everyone else should be a cakewalk, hands down. Mason, Tevin Jenkins, worst case, best case in your mind? Worst case scenario, I I think he's going to end up being a functional offensive starter whether you end up having to slide him into guard or, mm-hmm. you know, actually ends up playing tackle. Um, best case scenario, I saw I was on The Athletic. They compared him to Cam Robinson, who has been playing pretty well for the Jaguars, um, had an ACL tear that sidelined him a bit. That's why he really hasn't uh, gotten some of the larger acclaim in terms of Pro Bowls and stuff that you'd probably expect out of him. But just in terms of pure performance, uh, I would if he turns into that Cam Robinson type, that's that's perfect for me. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, don't really think he has the length ever to get over to left tackle. Don't really need that right now. It's okay. We, that's a, that's a future problem. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think he's really gonna, gonna flame out. It doesn't seem like he, that's not the kind of player he is, right? A lot of times you end up seeing that with someone with maybe a softer demeanor, someone who's maybe a little more athletic than he is. That's he's going to consistently be a starter in the NFL. I like it. Looks like people watching the live stream are having a little bit of technical difficulties looking at the chat, but we got to keep this thing rolling. On my end, it says we're live, and hopefully YouTube catches up. You know, everyone and their mothers doing live streamings nowadays, so YouTube servers are probably a little taxed right here as well. So uh, for me, 
Mason, I'm pretty much in line with both of you guys. It's not a secret. It's not like I'm going to have something crazy off the wall when it comes to Tevin Jenkins and his future. Uh, but I think the one thing I was going to mention that you already hit on is if he struggles against some of these you know, premier edge rushers in the NFL or even just average ones due to some speed, then maybe his best case is going into guard and being one of the more kick-ass, stronger, you know, mauling guards in the NFL. Maybe that's more around his floor. But then if you're looking at what could potentially happen, Nick hit it, perennial pro, pro bowler, which, guys, that means with two picks, we believe the Bears can have players at key positions that could be making the Pro Bowl here, you know, a few times throughout their career. Ideally, you know, as many as possible. I know it's a popularity contest, but obviously that means you're doing good things and your team is winning if that is happening. All right, I don't know how much we can say about Tevin Jenkins that we haven't yet on this show and about three others that we've talked about him so far this offseason. So let's go ahead and hand out some grades for this pick. And obviously, keep things in mind, value, the need, uh, the fit, what the Bears had to do in order to get this pick. What would you grade the Tevin Jenkins pick? And before I get to both of you, I will go ahead and go to Bears Twitter like I did yesterday with about 500 votes. We have 89.4% of Bears fans giving it an A, which means this is twice in a row, about 90% or more Bears fans gave the pick an A. Not a big surprise considering who we've gotten with these first two picks, but it's really awesome to see Bears Twitter uh, becoming a little bit more of a positive place right now. And the world can change fast, as we know, but Mason, I told you before we went live, it's like we're all singing Kumbaya for a fan base that's been bickering at one another for years on social media. I think we all are getting on board with the direction of this team, at least with these few draft picks. And that's something that uh, I'm not going to take for granted throughout this honeymoon period that we're all kind of going through. But 89% gave it an A, 10% gave it a B. And just like yesterday, we have one person each who had a fat thumb and accidentally must have clicked C or D because there's no way you should give them those grades. We're at 0.7% and 0.2% for both those grades, respectively. So, Mr. West, what are you going to grade this pick? I feel like I don't even have to ask. I mean, I think it's an A. Uh, you know, there's two main things that go into that for me. One, Tevin Jenkins is a first-round talent. You know, and when you look at essentially what you traded for a first round individual, I would do that 10 times out of 10 all day, every day. Uh, the second part of that is you do have to look at the individual trade compensation in a vacuum, too. You know, people are going to say, well, you don't have a fourth rounder. You don't have this. You don't have that. The fourth round pick has nothing to do with this individual trade, right? That had something to do with things that we're not going to talk about because I don't want to talk about why that fourth rounder isn't there. So instead, you just look at what what this is. It was a position of need. It was one of the more important positions on the football field. And it also bolsters your previous pick, right? You were protecting your investment beforehand that you put in with Justin Fields. And not just that, you're also bolstering your investment in David Montgomery that you had in previous years, right? And so, therefore, it just builds on each other. It builds and builds. So this is an easy A. Easy A. Love it. Nick, how about you? I'm going to ride this A train. Hey, Anthony Thomas, we did a reference, a Bears reference from when I was a kid. That's cool. But <laughs> for real, though, are you going to give this an A as well? I feel like we all are. So may as well just make it official. Yeah, I have to. I mean, the Bears moved up 13 spots because they found somebody that can be a part of their future at the right tackle position or, you know, however they really view Kevin James. But I think that's what they're they're envisioning for him on the Bears roster. So moving up from 52 to 39 and then having to give up that third rounder, 
Yes, does it hurt? Would you like to see it? Of course you would. Any more picks in the in the top 100 you would like to keep, but the Bears did get what I think most people viewed, like Mesa was saying, was a first-round talent that just slid, and that just happens in, in the draft. Unexpected things always happen with, with players dropping maybe a little further than they should have. That's how the Bears ended up with Justin Fields. So I think it is a it, it fills a need. It fills a... Um, a position where it is vital for a young quarterback to have someone that can consistently you can depend on. And that's exactly what Tevin Jenkins kind of provides there at the right type of position. Like we, we did plenty of mock drafts where you can fill, it would be a scenario where it's tackle quarterback and maybe wide receiver so far. And they, you know, days one and two, they've, they've hit on two of those really big needs so far. And that, you know, it's a lot harder to do it in real life than it is in any type of mock draft for sure. But they got two guys that we really do like and are going to be contributors moving forward. So I have to give it an A. They got Justin Fields. They got Tevin Jenkins. I really like the picks. Sorry, I'm just smiling because I have a tweet that I'm going to do. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's making me laugh already. So I think it's going to make some other people laugh too. Uh, but on that same token, you'd mentioned, you know, Tevin Jenkins did slide. So did Justin Fields. So can we call the first two rounds the the chai chai slide? Is it like you know Chicago? So the cha cha? No, too too far, too much. <laughs> really yes. forcing it. Okay, the tweet will be better. Uh, I promise you that. But I, I got to make it official for me too. I'm going to give this an A. Uh, I mocked into the Bears in my official mock draft uh, last week, early this week. It's been a long week. Monday of this week actually. So just four days ago, which feels like an entire lifetime. Uh, so I got him at twenty. Uh, we got him at what 39 sorry yes yeah so we got him at 39 so i feel pretty good about that and for all the reasons that we've already talked about through this entire episode the bears got themselves someone that's gonna impose their will on the offensive line they're gonna it's gonna be the guy to inspire that unit and we've talked about it throughout the offseason he's gonna provide that spark that that offensive line really hasn't had that extra little attitude that extra edge and i think that just like Justin Fields and his ability to make the guys around him better, I think Tevin Jenkins also has a positive impact on the surrounding cast. And I think that's another sneaky good reason why this pick is going to be one that pays dividends down the road. Are there any final thoughts that you guys want to kind of share here as we kind of close out the show? I feel like we've kind of hit on everything that we can for Tevin Jenkins for the most part. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking about the draft here for I'll probably a week or two uh, after this as well. But uh, just for our in- initial and instant reaction and analysis, any other final thoughts, uh, either on Tevin Jenkins, the draft as a whole, where this draft is going. Uh, however you want to wrap it up, I'll give everyone a floor one final time. And Mason, I go to you. Guest honors. Like you guys talked about yesterday, like I touched on today, we need it's just a continued thought of patience right and that's not just for this draft that's not just for this year it's multiple years down the road with this uh you know there's were some important some decisions that were made there was some lack of talent and that has to get built over time right you don't repair a franchise in a single draft that's impossible and so sometimes you have to dip with the current year or even a little bit into those future years to make impactful decisions right do you would you rather have five six and eh? players or do you want two impactful day one players i'm always going to opt for that that's just my thought so you know what it's going to be a a really interesting year and we'll see how the rest of this draft goes all right i like that a lot nick how about you final thoughts yeah i'm I'm just for me what are the bears 
going to do next? Or is there another trade up scenario where they're trying to address another need and where you, you know, maybe use future draft capital? Uh, who knows with Ryan Pace? It's just it, once he sees somebody that he likes and he's available, he's kind of, he's shown so far through two picks that he's going to go get them. So it'll be interesting to see how they play it out because now their next pick doesn't come until the, that fifth rounder that they got back in this trade. And then look, I mean, look, that's an area too where. Ryan Pace has found some cable players with Darnell Mooney, Kendall Vildor. So it's not like a fifth rounders, you know, just a, a toss up. Like you can find cable players if you do your homework and find somebody. I, I have a feeling though that it might be a small school guy. Like that's where, you know, it, it's small school guys still got to be checked off the list and also a Georgia player, right? That's what Ryan Pace always tends to go do at some point. Get a Georgia player, a small school guy, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he plays this for not having that third round pick, that that other pick in the top 100. But he's done. You can say what you want about what he had to give up. He got two cable starters, uh, more than cable starters. Sorry, more day one starters, the guys that are built for the future of this franchise. And I, if you're mad about that, then you're just you're just finding reasons to be mad. It's Friday. <laughs> be happy. The Bears had two two players that you know are building blocks moving forward. Okay, I lied. I want one more thing from each of you. I apologize, but I was checking my notes. Nick says no. Mason's smiling. I think Mason wants to keep this show rolling like me just a little bit. Uh, Mason, if you recall, the last thing I had Nick do yesterday was a three-word analysis of the pick. Uh, So what's going to be your three-word analysis of the Tevin Jenkins pick? Anyhow, I'm putting you on the spot, and I think Nick's elated because I don't think he had anything in his mind right now. And did you just flip me off? (laughs) I, mean, oh, I don't no, think maybe I did hard. subconsciously. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I don't think it's that hard. You know, it's a nasty mother trucker. That's it. I was Love gonna it. say that. Yep, that that was gonna be my my three words. I'm like, yes, yes. Wait, <laughs> I'm waiting for this. Um, hmm. I'm gonna say I mine mean, now. Kick ass tackle. Done. <laughs> nasty right tackle. Boom. There we go. All right, we're we good. each did it. We each did it. So the Bears. Traded up two rounds in a row to get players that we all would have been excited about. I mean, Justin Fields, we thought was a a pipe dream. Devin Jenkins here today feels like such a big boost to this offense. So two picks, all offense. Ryan Pace did it again. Devin Jenkins is a Chicago Bear, and I hope that you enjoyed our instant recap, our instant reaction, and, of course, our initial analysis of the newest Chicago Bear, Devin Jenkins. We're going to sit here for the rest of the night just in case the Bears make another crazy move. I doubt we do another show tonight, but you never know, and I'd be pretty excited if we do. So if we hear from you, or if you hear from us later on tonight, we'll see you then. More than likely, we'll talk to you sometime on Saturday afternoon. But regardless, until next time, enjoy your Friday night. Enjoy this pick, and of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.